Hello, everybody. Welcome once again to Vineyard Community Church as we continue on in the series we're doing called Vineyard Verses. What we're doing in this series is we're looking at passages of Scripture and we're breaking them down a verse at a time. Um, and I'm encouraging you to memorize them where you can. But these are verses that I think are foundational to our Christian walk and life. And so we're taking some time um, to just kind of work through some, some of these important passages. We, we worked through Hebrews 10, 19 through 25, and we talked about our access to God 24-7 and how that changes and should help our perspective on everything. And then we worked through the Philippians 4, 4 through 8 verses, and um, it's about living out this life. And, uh, you know, I, I keep saying one of, my, one of the verses I get to almost every day is do not be anxious about anything, every, every day. I get to it half a dozen times a day. The quicker I get to that verse, the better off I am every day. I'm learning that. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. And do you, do you know how things try and, like, steal your day away? Do you, do, you, do you ever have those things and you go, you know, little things. I was on my, I was on my way here today, and I got a phone call that, that uh, um, the, the aqueduct people had left a message that our water bill was, we were leaking water somewhere. And I'm like, oh, no. Because you never know what that looks like, and you try to trace things down. And is it under? So my brain's going, is it underneath? You know, is because it, it could all, is there a What's this? And 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 I sort of, and then I real, I got real quick, like a minute of that, and then I'm like, don't be anxious about anything. And uh, so I came in when I got here and walked around and toured, and we found it. It was outside somewhere, but it was okay. You know, what I mean, it wasn't. It's like one of those things. But but I would have started to. Maybe your brain's not like that, but my brain engages, and I start thinking about, and it's like, okay. Just don't do it. Don't be anxious about anything. But anyway, I find that very, very helpful, and, and I hope you do too. We spent the last uh, little season looking at 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21, and I said that describes our mission of one more and how important that is. One more lost child back to dad, and it's, it's centered in that verse, in those verses about um, reconciliation and being ambassadors for Christ and, and uh, all the things that go along with that process, being justified and sanctified. And we spent quite a bit of time on that. This next passage of Scripture, it's in Matthew 22, uh, 37 through 40. And for me, if, if the, those last uh, verses were our mission, these verses are our goal. And uh, our mission is one more. I like to think of our goal as all in, heart, mind, soul, and strength. So we're, we're, we not only want to get one more into the kingdom, that's our mission, that's, that's great, but we also want them to become all in in the kingdom, all in, heart, mind, soul, and strength, loving God, doing the doing the life that we're called to. and So that's our heart. So um, today we're going to start looking at Matthew 22, 37 through 40 uh, and use that as the passage where we get this goal of all in. So that's where we're headed today. That's the intro. Bad joke time. I loved this one. You may not. A Roman legionnaire walks into a bar holds up two fingers and says, five beers, please. It's a Roman numeral joke. It's really good. It's really good. That's okay. I, I, hurt, I hurt the fingers on this hand this week anyway, so. But on the other hand, I'm okay. <laughs> Matthew. 22, 37. That was the second joke. I hurt these fingers, but on the other hand, I'm okay. Whew, I didn't see. If, they, if I was trying to do good jokes, 
that would be much harder. You have no idea the, the depths of getting to bad jokes. Matthew twenty two thirty seven through 40. This will, this will be it for the next few weeks. Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. And we're going to dig into these verses today. Now, there's a, a verse similar to it in Luke. In Luke's gospel that I wanted to read you, 1027. He answered, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, and with all your mind. And love your neighbor as yourself. So he, uh, in, in the gospel of Luke, we see that it's heart, mind, soul, and strength. And these two verses together give us a good idea of what we're looking at. These, these ideas are really based in the Old Testament in the following verses. Deuteronomy 6.5 says, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength. Leviticus 19.18 says, Do not seek revenge or bear a grudge against one of your people, but love your neighbor as yourself. I am so uh, at the heart of these verses is the idea that we're to love God and we're to love our neighbors as ourselves. And so we'll be digging into those concepts in, in the weeks ahead. And really there's three concepts, loving God, loving our neighbors, loving ourselves. And uh, all those things are expressed in these verses. But I want to I start by talking about loving God. Uh, I like to think of it as, as loving God all in. And, and by that I mean, you know, loving God with all our heart, all our soul, all our mind, and all our strength. That's how we're to love God, all in, with all that we have. And so I want to sort of talk about each one of those aspects over the next uh, few weeks. And, and today I want to talk about loving God with all your heart. And so that's the first point in your notes. Love God with all your heart. The writer of Proverbs in uh, chapter 4 verse 23 says, Above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Above all else, guard your heart, for it's the wellspring of life, for everything you do flows from it, says in the newer translation. Um, when you read in the Bible, and you read about the heart, you need to know it's not about the organ that's pumping, pumping blood inside your chest. The heart is, um, uh, biblically, it's sort of the control panel of our lives. The heart is what motivates us, it what compels us, it moves us, it, it draws us. That's why the writer of Proverbs says it's the wellspring of life. See, all the, all the really big issues of life spring from the heart. It's from here that God begins to talk about how He wants us to love Him. He wants us to love Him from this sort of control panel of our lives, from everything that motivates us is how we're to love God. And so this, this process of loving God starts with, and this is already the second point in your notes, a spiritual heart transplant. Uh, a, a spiritual heart transplant. Matthew 13, 15. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they close their eyes. Otherwise they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts and turn, and I would heal them. See, Jesus wants to, to change our hearts. And, and this is at the root of being uh, born from above or being born again. Our hearts are a mess before we know Jesus and even, you know, in process afterwards. Uh, uh, but particularly before, they have a tendency, this control panel of our lives, to be drawn towards evil. Matthew fifteen nineteen, 
For out of the heart come evil thoughts, murder, adultery, sexual immorality, theft, false testimony, slander. So, so this is what comes out of our hearts, and these, the hearts are the center, you know, the control panel of our lives. So, so God has to do something about our hearts when we come to Christ. And what He does is He gives us a spiritual heart transplant. And, and why we may still choose to do the wrong thing, our new hearts make it possible for us to, to yield to the Spirit and choose to do the right thing. Our new hearts help us to become more like Jesus and, and to love God the way He demonstrated. Have you ever, you know, if you've read the Gospels, and I, and I encourage you to do this all the time and look at Jesus as our model for life and ministry. Read the Gospels and see how often Jesus gets away by Himself to pray just to be with the Father, just to love on the Father, just to tell the Father how much He loves Him. And uh, He would spend all night in the presence of the Father. And it's a picture of Jesus' heart, uh, a heart that loves the Father. And, and, and this is the heart that He gives us when we come to Him. In Ezekiel thirty-six twenty-six, it says, I will give you a new heart and put a new spirit in you, and I will remove from you your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And so this is the, the new heart that's being talked about, this transplant, this new heart allows us to relate to God as our Father, and not just with some force. God, God wants us to connect. God wants to connect and, and relate with us, not as a force, but, but as our Heavenly Father. You know, He created us for relationship with Himself and with others. He, he created us in His image, and he, in Christ He gives us a heart, mind, soul, strength, to love Him all in and to love others in the same manner. And, and it's all about engaging Him in relationship. You know, we've been talking through all these passages about, you know, these things that go on. And, and here's this idea of all in is about, you know, the depth of our relationship with God and what that means. And loving Him all in. And so, so how do we love God then with all our hearts? That's the third point you know. It's how do we love Him with all our hearts? And, and really, this is a, a lifelong process. It's something I think that we learn constantly. It's... Uh, it's ongoing, as so many things are. We, we learn about loving God more and more each day. Um, but, but there's a couple of things that I think we, we need to be aware of as we, as we press on in Him. Um, we need to make our heart love for God our highest love. It, it needs to be the priority of our lives. Um, it needs to be the area of our lives that's without compromise. Um, it, back in Exodus 20, it says, You shall have no other gods before me. Most of you have heard that at some point in time. And see, there's a lot of things in our lives that compete for our highest love. And, and so we, we need to start looking at what those things are and, and becoming more aware of them. So we can ask ourselves some questions like, Who or what do you turn to when life is hard? Where do you go? Or to what do you go when life is hard? And, and that's, that could be an issue. Who, where do you go for comfort? Where do you go for wisdom? Where do you go for strength? Where do you go for pain relief? See, any answer to those questions that are other than God are things that are competing for your highest love. 
And so we need to be aware of them. These are, these are things that are trying to crowd in, into the space and the place that God wants to have in our lives. Now, that doesn't mean that, that God doesn't want us to love anybody else. He wants us to love well. He wants us to love spouses and families and neighbors. He even wants us to love our enemies. But He does not want us to love any other little g gods. And, and unfortunately, we can make little g gods out of a lot of things in our lives. We have to know that He's God and that nothing, absolutely nothing, can take His place. And so we, we begin to in our lives examine those things and, and just start really honestly looking at it. What do I turn to instead of God? In the midst of difficult or any other any type of situation, where do I go uh, first? And, and then I have to begin to deal with that. I have to, to do the work to, to look and see, you know, what needs to change in that situation in my lives. Another very helpful thing um, that I've found in this idea of loving God from my whole heart is taking advantage of another passage of Scripture that I like to call the love filter. Um, it's a great passage. I've encouraged you many, many times over the years if you've been here to memorize it um, because I, it's that powerful in our lives. It's 1 Corinthians 13, 4 um, through 8. Um, and and it, it's a picture of what love is. It's love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It is not rude. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. Now that is a fantastic definition of what love looks like. And it's very helpful for us to begin to, to know that and to understand that and to use that in the way that we move through this life. Now, one of the things I like to do with this verse, there's a couple of things I like to do. The first thing I like to do is because the Scripture tells us that God is love, it reminds me of God's character. And it reminds me of God's love for me. And so wherever it says love, I can, I can swap God for that and I can learn about God. God is patient. Isn't that good to know? God is kind. I like that one. God doesn't envy. God doesn't boast. God isn't proud. God isn't rude. God isn't self-seeking. God isn't easily angered. Well, I'm pretty happy about that one, too. God keeps no record of wrongs. That's, a, that's delightful. And he, you know, we know he, he wiped him out at the cross. God doesn't delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. God always protects. I like that. God always trusts. God always hopes. God always perseveres. God never fails. That's great, right? Now, I love that stuff. The second thing I like to do with the love filter, and this is, I think, extremely helpful for me, is that because He wants me to learn to love like He does, I got something to shoot at. And the goal would be that at some point I can begin to substitute my name wherever it says love because that would be really good and so I, I can look at the list and, and I'm always fascinated at this because the very first thing that makes then is Steve is patient and I usually have to go rats I wish it started with something else <laughs> because I'm, I'm, I'm stuck there a lot 
Maybe, maybe you're not, but sometimes I'm, I'm not always patient. I try to be, but it, it flares up on me. You've heard me. I, I confess to you my stuff on the highway. <laughs> Most of that is patience. I've gotten much better. So I'm, I'm, I can, you know, I have to kind of go, Steve is, well, kind of, sometimes, patient. So then I can press on, Steve is kind, sometimes. So I would say sometimes, but it's not always. Sometimes my son will find that I'm quite grumpy when I walk in, and he's, he's experienced it. He's even told me, wow, you're really grumpy. And I usually go, no, you're grumpy, because I'm extremely mature. <laughs> yeah. When I'm doing something, I don't like. Steve does not envy. Steve does not boast. Steve is not proud. Steve is not rude. Yeah, well, sometimes. <laughs> Steve is not self-seeking. Well, he really can be. Steve is not easily angered. Steve keeps no record of wrongs. Well, I'm small. <laughs> Steve does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. I hope that's true. Steve always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Steve never fails. Well, that's, that one's last, and that's, that's not there yet. But... There's the deal. See, um, I want to love God all in, right? And He's my model, and He's already demonstrated what it looks like, and I can easily see how He does it. At least I can see that He does it because of the Scripture. But, but it, it helps me to know, okay, this is, these are the things that it looks like. To love God from all my heart ultimately lean, means that, that I'm going to start seeing some progress in these areas. And I can, I can see progress. That's good. 30 years in, I would hate to tell you there's no progress. There is. I'm, <laughs> I'm more patient than I used to be. I, you know, I, a lot of these things are, are better than they once were. Um, but I am not a finished work by a long shot. But at least I, I get it. And so, um, you know, my encouragement to you as we talk about loving God with all our heart is, is what we need to do is, is we have to... Um, Everything and everybody and every situation, we need to pass through this filter, um, this love of God. And, and that, that, you know, every part of our lives can be lived for the love of God as we continue to press on in Him. So, so you know, think about that. Think about that heart, your, that, that part this week. Loving God with all my heart. The heart is sort of the control panel of my life. It's my motivation, if you would. And, and I want to be motivated by His love to love like He does. And that, that I want to remember that filter. And I want to think about it. And, and when I want to be encouraged, I want to think about how He loves me. Because that's just so encouraging. That all those things, those are amazing attributes of God. And then, you know, I want to be challenged by the rest of it. That, that I can walk into those areas under the anointing of His Spirit, by the power of His Spirit, empowered by Him to change, and learn to love the way that He does. And so that's what we start with. And you think about that, loving God with all your heart. Next week, I'm going to talk about loving God with all our soul. And then we'll, we'll spend, we'll develop loving God with our mind and loving God with our strength. They're actually each a little different in, in how that works together. And, and we'll talk about how they all move together to help us to, to love God all in. But that's good for today. If you're watching by video, thank you for watching. We appreciate you doing that. Um, if you need prayer, go to the website. There's a prayer page there. Put your prayer in, and we will pray for you. And we hope to see you very soon.